Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. We are the digital media channel of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, bringing you news of the Catholic faith as it's lived out here, and thanks to our partner, Catholic News Service, across the nation and the world. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, always great to see you. It's great to be here, Gina. And we are actually on the road today, not in our offices, but here at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania, for a beloved annual Lenten tradition where we ask the seminarians to share their thoughts on the Sunday Gospels of Lent. And joining us today is Philip Chung. Philip, welcome. Thank you so much. Philip, where are you from? So I'm from Northeast of Philadelphia, but my parish is in, is in Chinatown, Holy Redeemer. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. I'm very familiar with it, sure. Really? Well, okay. Yeah. That's wonderful. Now, are the liturgies there in English and Chinese? Yeah. Yes. So there are three different masses. There's, there's a Cantonese mass, the English, and then the Mandarin mass. Okay, great. So yeah. Cantonese and Mandarin being the two predominant yes. dialects of Chinese. Yes. Are they intelligible, mutually intelligible? So most Cantonese speakers are able to understand Mandarin, but not the other way around. Mm. But I'm speaking for me and my family. <laughs> but, How would you say the name Jesus? In Cantonese? Yes. Yeso. Yeso, because it has yep. the tone accent, yes. right? And that makes all the difference. You have to be yes. able to pitch your voice properly. That's right. Beautiful. 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 Thank you so much. Well, with no further ado, Matt, what is the gospel for the fifth Sunday of Lent? Well, we're hearing from the Gospel of John, which is a little bit of a departure. The other weeks we've been hearing from the Gospel of Luke. This is from John chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. And it's the early in the morning, Jesus is going to the temple and people start coming to him and they want to be taught. So he's teaching them. In the meantime, uh, the religious leaders of the time, the scribes and the Pharisees, are setting up a test for our Lord. And they've brought in a woman caught in adultery and they, they want him to prescribed the Mosaic law, which is that she should be stoned to death. And uh, Jesus re- replies with one of the, uh, the great lines in Scripture, let the one among you who is without sin be the first to sto- throw a stone at her. Um, and it's a beautiful story of mercy and justice in one tale from our gospel. And that's the gospel that we'll hear in, at Mass. So, Philip, um, what can, we, can you tell us about this gospel? How can we unpack this? Yeah, I think it's very interesting because... Um, Yes, there's a woman caught in adultery, but really the the Pharisees are, are trying to trap Jesus into, you know, so so let's see what he'll say, because maybe there's something that, that he says that we can say, all right, that's it, we're going to lock him up and, cru- and crucify him. But but here we have this poor lady, and yes, she probably was caught, caught in adultery and was a sinner, but our Lord th- doesn't condemn um, but rather, he sort of, he, he um, affirms and she reminds her and each one of the, the people present, you know, who, who they really are. They're not defined by their sins or their flaws or their weaknesses, but they are only defined by one thing, and that's God's love for them, God's love and compassion and mercy. And so I think it's a beautiful gospel passage really about who we are and, and, and how God sees us. Um, so, I, so I think that's really the main theme there. That's profound because everyone else is focused on the sin in the gospel. It's not about the relationship with God, which if it's lived out is going to deter you from sin in the first place because you don't want to hurt the God whom you love. But talk a little bit about that, as Matt said, that kind of breathtaking line 
Let he among you who is without sin cast the first stone. We are casting a lot of stones in this society today. Talk about that. Yes. So, you know, Jesus, um, you know, he'll, he'll silent for a bit. And, and he says this statement, which, which I think really is, is an invitation. It's one, it's, it's to remind the people who are sitting around, either the Pharisees or even the bystanders. I, he, he, I, I think that he's inviting them to think, okay, how's, how has your life been? Are you really that righteous? Are you really that sinless? And, and so that is really what I think it really is, is, is Jesus challenging them and inviting them to, to a deeper understanding of, of what sin is and of what, what it is that they're doing. And that's interesting because, as you say, she is not defined by her sin, but neither are they defined by their judgment, by their attitudes. They're, they're called to more. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're, and, 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 and that's why you know, they, they walk away. Mm. Now, some scholars are saying, well, maybe they're walking away because they realize that their, their plan to trap Jesus failed. Or maybe they have took this to heart and began to think, well, maybe he's right. Maybe, maybe I'm not that perfect. And, and so how perfect it is for us, too, to really see that in our own lives, you know, do we cast a stone? Do we want to cast a stone? And so is that what people could take away from this gospel as they hear it? Um, you know, they may not have the, I mean, the, the gravity of sin on either of the, the sinner or the people casting the stones. But what can we take away from this uh, episode in our own life? I think the first thing that we can take away from, from this gospel really is, is that, yes, we, we are sinners. We've all made mistakes, but that's not who we are. And Jesus affirms that time and again, especially in this gospel, Jesus does not um, condone her behavior, but he also doesn't, you know, say, oh, what happened? He simply says, you know, has no one condemned you? And neither do I. But the second part comes, comes at the end in which he says, you know, go and sin no more. So I think the second part is, yes, one, to know that, yes, we're all sinners and we're not defined by that. But secondly is, okay, now that we know that, how can we, how can we live that out in our lives? How can we really live a life that shows that we're not defined by our sins? And, and knowing that, that Jesus does, does look with us only with compassion. So that mercy should be leading to a conversion of heart, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's a balance we tend to lose in our lives because we're so easily drawn to legalism or to just, you know, a kind of permissiveness that says, well, I'm, you know, God loves me anyway, sinner though I be. And yes, that is true. But as you said, he doesn't let the woman off the hook entirely. That's right. You know, and despite <laughs> speculation that I have heard from, you know, commentators saying that she may have been set up in that act of adultery so that they would have that opportunity. There's another interesting detail, and I don't know if you're able to speak to it, about the gesture that Jesus makes prior to pronouncing those words, and he traces something in the sand. Do you have any thoughts as to what that might have been? So in class and over the years, we're told we do not know <laughs> what Jesus may have been writing. Some speculate it may have been the sins of other people, but that's not really probable because Jesus wouldn't, you know, show, show that. But some may say that it's just, he's just making lines, 
you know. But but there is a scholar that that there is a um, there's a, a reference to the Old Testament. I think it's from the prophet Jeremiah. I think, um, but but I forget what it is exactly. But but it mentions a fountain and and writing and and so perhaps that's that's what it could be. But the the short answer is we do not know. <laughs> And that's a mystery we live with, just as his mercy is mysterious. Yes. That's an interesting point, though. I mean, if, if, he is, if that reference is alluding to God's presence among us, I mean, God is speaking with Jeremiah in the Old Testament and the other prophets. If Jesus is making some sort of indication that God is among you, even more intimidating would have been for those people ready to cast a stone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because then they were like, okay, well... What, what do we do, mm. right? And and so 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 I yeah that that's quite interesting how yeah. God's presence, but it's not really a over dominating presence. It's, it's it's just his presence. Okay, it's merciful. So what do you want to do? Well, I think that that speaks to God's power. You know, God just has to be there, which He already is, and you just have to be aware of that, and you'll just fall down <laughs> like John in Revelation. You know, I mean, just flatten you because God doesn't have to prove himself to us, you know? And I think if I may, you know, the, the gesture that Jesus, um, does was he, he bends down, right? He, he literally lowers himself to the ground to, you know, we don't really know what the uh, woman is doing. We're, we're told he, she's placed in the center, but maybe she is crouched down in, you know, in, in embarrassment and, and our, and our Lord bends down you know, literally bends down, lowers himself, only to raise her up. Neither do I condemn you, right? I think that's such a comforting um, image for us too. That our Lord, you know, yes, he he came down from heaven, and he, and even then he humbles himself, and he and he humbles himself to us today in the Eucharist, right? He's he, you know he's he's in a little box, but yes, but yet he's the Almighty God. And he will humble himself as he heads to Calvary, suffers and dies for us to raise us all up. Philip, thank you so much. A beautiful reflection on probably one of the most beloved passages of, of Scripture. Thank you so much. And God bless you in your journey through Lent and to priesthood. Please be assured of our prayers. Thank you. And please know of our prayers here at the seminary as well. Oh, we appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless. You too. God bless you. Thank you. You've been listening to CatholicPhilly.com from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Thanks so much to our publisher, Archbishop Nelson Perez, our editor, Matt Gambino, to our seminarians, to you, our listeners, and of course, to our Lord, without whom none of this would be possible. You can find us online at CatholicPhilly.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Catholic Philly. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you.